But first of all, let's um, speak to Anne Hadsberg, who is a legal advisor of NGO Monitor, a Jerusalem-based research institute. Anne, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. What do you make of the judgment? Hi. Um, it actually went pretty much as I expected. Um, I did not think the court was going to issue a demand for a full ceasefire. So I think just if you look at how the case was was brought and technically, it, it that was pretty much the way it was going to go. I don't think there was any other way the court was going to rule based on how how cases are brought under that that provision of the Genocide Convention. It's a very low bar for the court to issue provisional measures. So it did not surprise me. One of the big issues, though, going into this application was the issue around jurisdiction and also whether dispute has been established, which is something you have opined on as well. What do you take then that the court says actually the dispute has been established because of the note verbals as well as the comments that were made by South Africa during United Nations General Assembly sitting? Yes. I th so that was a big part of Israel's presentation, that there there wasn't a genuine dispute. And based on what the court said, it was not ruling on the merits. So at a later stage, uh, the jurisdiction question can be raised again. And then when they get more fully into the details, it's possible they could dismiss the case based on that. However, I think given the public statements made by both Israel and South Africa at the UN and various other places, the court, again, applying this low bar, decided that there was a, a minimum standard showing there was a dispute that it, it could go forward in this case. Um, you just heard now from our Minister of um, International Relations, Dr. Naledi Pando, one of the issues that she's that she's calling on or people that she's calling on or countries um, that she's calling on is saying that um, Israel has a powerful friends and I hope that they will ask them to act on these measures um, that have been handed down by the court. Do you see that happening at all? Because again, as we've indicated earlier on, that Benjamin Netanyahu had said earlier um, during the uh, just days, I guess, after the application was brought, before um, the court that no one will stop us, not even The Hague? Yes, well, I mean, I think Israel already is complying with the measures that it ordered in terms of complying with its obligations under the Genocide Convention. It is a lot taking extraordinary measures to allow humanitarian aid in. It appears it's actually the UN that is having problems getting the, UN, uh, getting the aid that's already been approved into the Strip. In addition, Hamas, is preventing the aid getting to the people of Gaza, which was not mentioned. So from that perspective, Israel already is complying. Um, I found this statement about Israel's quote-unquote powerful friends by the, by the minister to be a bit interesting, given that South Africa these days also has powerful friends, including Russia and Iran and Qatar. So uh, it was a bit disingenuous for them to put that fully on Israel. On the issue of um, the humanitarian aid reaching people in Gaza, one of some of the reports have indicated that there are some instances where the IDF is actually blocking the aid from going through. Do you know of these reports? I've seen those reports, but um, when we look at the footage, uh, just yesterday, there was footage published of hundreds of trucks lined up at the border to enter into Gaza, and it, it appears to be a problem on the UN side. I think the other issue is that Hamas is stealing the aid and is not allowing it to be delivered effectively. So 
you know, that's really, I think, where the South, because the South African government is aligned with Russia, China, and Iran, and Qatar, uh, perhaps they should, you know, exercise their influence to get those countries to pressure Hamas to deliver the aid to the people of Gaza where it belongs. But what about the IDF itself? Um, as I indicated, the reports indicating that the IDF is actually blocking some of this aid from being delivered. Um, so the responsibility yeah, on I, the Israeli uh-huh. uh, is, is Israeli defense force as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't take those reports as credible because I have not seen evidence that the IDF within Gaza is blocking such aid based on the statements that have been made in the video footage. So I think there, you know, the UN, unfortunately, um, has been playing a very um, non-constructive role mm-hmm. in this conflict. And so I think it's, it's in their, um, they have a bit of, uh, they're a bit compromised in terms of the information they're putting out. Um, final and one. So I do think they need to take better steps to try to get the aid delivered. Um, UNRWA, uh, there was a reference that was made to the statement that was made by the head of UNRWA and where he speaks about an entire generation of children is traumatized. The future or their future is in jeopardy. Um, From where you're standing, um, what do you make of South Africa's argument that a genocide is actually unfolding in Gaza? Yeah, I mean, I think I find UNRWA's statement to be quite amazing given that they they have poisoned the minds of Palestinian children for more than 50 years, 70 years. And in their schools, many UNRWA teachers have been found to be making incendiary and inciting and genocidal remarks on their Telegram channels. UNRWA teachers have been participating in the fighting. They participated in October 7th. Hostages have testified that they were held in houses of UNRWA employees. So UNRWA is not a neutral actor in this case and share a significant part of the responsibility for the conflict for uh, basically creating this catastrophe. Um, In terms of genocide, I think it's absolutely outrageous what South Africa has done actually because the real genocide took place on October 7th within Israel yeah. and the Hamas you, charter calls for the genocide of the Jewish people. What, and what so do you characterize I think South what Africa is after the 7th turning of October. it on its head. How do, you, what do you, how do you characterize what happened after the 7th of October? Well, Israel is engaging in a military operation that's probably yeah. one of the most challenging since I think in any combat situation one can think of where you have a terrorist organization that has fully embedded itself within the civilian population and also wants to wants to endanger the civilian population. So Israel, and also I, I note in the figures that the court stated, the 25,000, they did not separate out the combatants and, and civilians. So according to Israeli figures, at least 9,000 of those are combatants. Um, and it, it's, it's awful, it's a catastrophe. As an Israeli, um, I, I'm despondent about what has been going on, not only for us in Israel, because we are also undergoing a tremendous catastrophe right now in many respects, but also the people of Gaza. I just think it's absolutely horrible. But, um, you know, it has the responsibility relies on Hamas, and it certainly is not Israel. Um, there's no evidence of genocidal intent, and Israel is not 
carrying out genocide in Gaza. Okay, thank you so much. It's brutal, and, but it's not genocide. Well, it's brutal, but not genocide. Anne Hatzberg, their legal advisor yeah. of NGO Monitor, a Jerusalem-based research institute. We'll continue with our reaction. Love to hear from you as well. And